Africa, home to the most unique people in the world. A place that connects us through our customs, traditions, and even belief itself. Join Mukundi Mudao in Tribal Pursuit, a series that ventures deep into Africa to discover the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. Join the conversation every Wednesday at 10 a.m. right here on 101.9 High FM. Here we go, I love being on time. 10 minutes past 10, 101.9 High FM. This is Tribal Pursuit and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao. Top of the morning, how are you? Peacocko by Splash. I know, I know, Mukundi, you weren't even born when this came out. Yeah, well, beautiful music, don't care. <laughs> I hope you're having a beautiful Wednesday. I hope you're going to continue to have a beautiful Wednesday. I know that you're going to enjoy the next hour. Yes, I'm being full of myself because you're listening to me. Trust me, we're about to have some fun. It is Wednesday, the 29th of June, 2022, and we are going to Uganda today. I know I started it off with South African. That's really not the mo but i really had to i had to start you off some splash i can't say splash normally i have to say splash anyway we are going to uganda today we will be talking to rabbi gershom sizomu of the abayudaya community you do not want to miss out on that that'll be in about i don't know 20 minutes from now so stay tuned you're gonna enjoy it in the meantime i will tell you everything i'll tell you cool and cool and crazy stories from around africa i'll give you an african proverb one which <laughs> i certainly didn't have to wreck my brain finding out what it means and then we're gonna we're gonna have some fun i'm gonna play some beautiful music for you and i hope you have a good time i hope you have fun because i'm here to bring you good vibes and a good time so with that being said i'll be back straight after this this is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao, venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. 101.9 High FM, this is Tribal Pursuit, and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao. I hope you are having a good time. So, I said I'm taking you to Uganda and I'm speaking to the Abayudaya. Yeah, and, well, don't worry, I'll tell you more. The Abedai are a small, small Jewish community in Uganda, and they are the most beautiful people, the nicest people ever. And when I was trying to get in contact with Rabbi Gershom Tzom, he was such a nice man. And you'll hear him when I speak to him later today that such a nice man gives me everything I want, gives me the answer to every question I want, and I was having fun with it. I was having fun just talking to him and getting to him to come here to the station. And I hope you'll have fun when I talk to him again later today. Anyway, what did they do? Well, they are much like their Emba counterparts, you know. I actually say that a lot. I actually think them and the Emba are counterparts. And the fact that they both identify as Jewish, a very small black community. And whatever they do is just cool, you know. And a lot of their customs and traditions are very in line with judaism as well and that that is why they say they are jewish the one thing i love about them that is really the one that makes them my favorite is their music they really love their music much like myself so i'm gonna play you a song at the end of the show that i handpicked and i thought you know what this is the song that actually makes me connect with these people and i hope you're gonna enjoy it so stay tuned for that because we have a lot more in store if you want to learn about them you can do so and if you have any questions please do not hesitate to get in touch with me 34519 is our sms line 0618951019 is our telegram line if you want to email me feel free to do so on air at high fm and for my twitter fingers out there you can just at high fm and i'll get to your messages even if you want to say hi 
I'll be happy to say hi back to you. I'll even wave in studio even if you won't see me. <laughs> okay. 1014 101.9 High FM. This is Travel Pursuit. Did you forget your Jewish for a second? I want you to forget your Jewish for a second. And let's find out what's happening in Africa. Now, I want to start with the animals because when I, when I spoke about the elephants last week, it really... It really made me realize how much I love animals at the same time. It made me realize how much we are literally killing, killing the planet, you know. So I told you about the elephants last week that were being moved from Malawi and they were moving a thousand elephants. Still don't know how they're going to manage to do that. And if anybody can take a video, please send it to me because I want to know. Today we're talking about rhinos. Why? Because Namibia's records show an increase in rhino poaching cases in June. That's this month alone. After the discovery of 11 carcasses in less than two weeks, 11 black rhinos had been killed recently in Namibia's largest, largest park and their horns had been removed. Namibia has recorded 22 cases of rhino poaching since the beginning of the year, compared with 43 in all of 2021 and 40 in 2020. So we can, ease, we can see that this is getting out of hand. We can see that this is getting out of hand and it's eventually just going to be the, the end of the, the end of a species and I don't know about you I would really love for my kids to see what rhinos look like you know not only in history books not only in books and images and movies but actually go on a safari and see a rhino but I don't know what is wrong with humanity and what do you even do with a rhino horn yeah there's there's all these superstitions and and myths around them but that's all it is right that's all it is you can't seriously tell me that a horn has any value any any and why don't you just wait for the rhino to die peacefully of natural causes and then you can get as many horns as you want since they grow a big one and a small one i mean that seems to be the logical thing right only in africa but anyway poaching is bad rhinos are good and i'd love for my kids to see them one day hopefully moving on everything is so expensive these days so is bread so is bread. I actually said that when I was talking to my girlfriend a few days ago and I said, look, man, I'm not buying bread anymore. I'll buy flour. You, you're a chef. You'll do your thing. And we can all just have bread because honestly, it's getting ridiculous. It's getting ridiculous. So here are the seven countries. <laughs> here are the seven countries with the most expensive bread prices in Africa. Now, a loaf of fresh white bread costs $1.34 US. In South Africa, that's 21 rand 50 cents. That's in Nigeria. In Nigeria, a loaf of bread costs 21 rand and 50 cents. Remember when a loaf of bread cost 15 rand? You should, because it was last week. I mean, honestly, it's getting out of hand, right? It's getting ridiculous. So that's Nigeria with 21 rand and 50 cents. The next is South Africa. <laughs> once again, I was complaining about it. Then we got Uganda, which is where we're going. So once again, stay tuned for that. Then we got Rwanda, and they're all in the $1.20, $1 region, which is roughly 20 rands. That's 20 rands for a loaf of bread. I don't know about you, but I'm not, I'm not up for that. But anyway, we got Nigeria, South Africa, Uganda, Rwanda, Zimbabwe, Ghana, and Botswana. Those are the seven African countries with the most expensive bread prices, and I don't know. For a loaf of bread, it just doesn't seem worth it. Buy yourself flour. That's 10 rand. Buy yourself some yeast. That's 5 rand put it together you have bread you know obviously you're gonna have some water you need an oven you need some skills and patience because you're gonna have to proof the bread for 24 hours but it's still better than paying 20 rand for a loaf of bread i think i think that's just me 
But anyway, those are the cool stories. Well, not cool. The, the rhinos getting poached is definitely not cool. But those are, the, those are the interesting stories that I found in Africa. And I figured you might want to know. 34519 is the SMS line if you want to tell me what you think. 34519 is the SMS line. 0618951019 is the telegram line. You can simply email me as well on air at highfm.com. And if you're on Twitter, you can just tweet at highfm and we will get to your messages. This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao, venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. At 10.24, it is time for me to bestow some wisdom upon you. So gather around, sit down, let me tell you, because it's time for the African proverb of the day. And our proverb is, when an old man dies, a library burns to the ground. Simple, right? When an old man dies, a library burns to the ground. Because everybody knows that wisdom is with the old, you know? They always say youth is, spoil- youth is spoiled on the young or wasted on the young. So that basically means old men, old women, and even younger adults and children have much to teach us about life and about ourselves if we provide enough venues through which their wisdom and experiences can be shared. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that just beautiful when an old man dies, a library burns to the ground? Unfortunately, unfortunately. It is 25 minutes past 10, 101.9 High FM. This is Travel Pursuit, and I'm your dear friend Mukuni Mudao. In a couple minutes, I will be speaking to, I'll be speaking to Rabbi Gershom Suzomo of the Abayudaya community. And if you have any questions for him, please feel free to send them through. 34519 is our SMS line. 0618951019 is our telegram line. You can email me on air at highfm.com and you feel free to do so at high fm you can just tweet me you know and we will get this party started we will be talking about the abayudai community their history their way of life their customs and how life is at the present moment so if you have any relevant questions that you feel might want to ask him please feel free to do so that conversation is coming up next this is tribal pursuit with mukundi mudao venturing deep into africa to discover the who how and why of the beautiful people that identify as jewish 101.9 high fm this is tribal pursuit and i'm your dear friend mukundi mudao if you have just joined me top okay. of the morning how are you let me know 34519 is the sms line 061 is the telegram line if you want to email me Feel free to do so on air at highfm.com. And if you're on Twitter and you don't want to switch apps, just simply at highfm and we'll get this party started. Okay, classes in session. What does that mean? It is time for our interview. And today we are speaking to a friend of the show, Rabbi Gershom Sizomu from Uganda, part of the Abayudaya community there. And we've been talking about them, well, I've been talking about them for a few minutes now. And I figured, let me not tell you too much because we'll get it straight from the horse's mouth. Now, Rabbi Gershom Sizomu is actually, fun fact, the first ever Jewish member of the Ugandan parliament. Is that correct, Rabbi? Yes, please. Ah, beautiful. Well, it's really lovely to have you on the show today. How are you? I'm very good. How are you, Mokundi? I am very good, thank you. So, before we even get started, could you please teach me how to greet in your language? Yes, in, in Uganda, we say Oliotia. Oliotia. Uh-huh. And the response is Burunji. Burunji. Exactly. Oh, so if I say Oriotia, you say Burunji. Exactly, exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> Beautiful. I'll remember that next time you and I talk. <laughs> okay. So the Abayudaya community is still very small. 
and fairly new. But before we get to where you guys are now and life now, I'd like a history of the Abayudaya, if you could. I just know that it was started by former military leader Simeka Kunguru. Am I even saying that correctly? Yes, yes, correctly. So in 1919, Semeika Kungur, whom you pronounced very perfectly, 10 points for me, uh, read a Bible which the missionaries were using to convert people to Christianity. But instead of converting to Christianity, Semeika Kungur saw Judaism. How did he find Judaism? When he read the story of Abraham, how Abraham left his motherland and went in search of the truth and in search of God, how he circumcised himself and his children and servants. That is exactly what Kakunguru did. Instead of becoming Christian, he decided that he would follow the example of Abraham and he would be the Abraham of Uganda. And so he, he circumcised himself, he circumcised his children and servants and became the first rabbi of his newly found community, observing the law as specified in the Torah. So reading the Torah closely, he discovered that uh, the, the seventh day, which is the Sabbath day, needed to be observed strictly as the Bible says, not doing any work. He circumcised his uh, subsequent children at the age of eight days, like Isaac was circumcised. And uh, like the Torah commands, he began to observe the laws of kashrut. Kashrut is a dietary laws, uh, forbidden animals and birds and fishes and insects. The list is in the book of Leviticus chapter 11. So he read that very closely and they, they, they began to, to observe those laws, not eating pork, not eating fish without scales and fins, you know, not eating uh, birds that were listed as non-kosher, not clean enough for Jews to eat. So he, he observed all those laws and they became the foundation and the basis of the Abayudaya Jewish community of Uganda. Self-converted in 1919, but later converted formally by rabbis from the US and Israel who came and uh, presided over the uh, formal conversion process of the community. So that is a brief uh, background of our community. Now, you said that he circumcised himself and his children. But while I was doing my reading, I read that the place that he was in or the community that he was in didn't really approve of circumcision. And because of that, it led to a very big dispute. Exactly. The, the Baganda don't mutilate. They don't take part of their bodies. So it is a taboo for the Baganda people to do circumcision. So for him, in order to do circumcision, he had to leave Buganda, like Abraham left his motherland, and went to another district. He went to Bugisu, where the community is now, uh, the center of the community is in Mbale, and that is where he was buried, actually. His grave is in Mbale. He left Uganda, went to Bugisu. In Bugisu, the circumcision is a norm. It is allowed. And the, the, the Bugisu people do circumcision. So that is where he ended up. Uh, he migrated to Bugisu. 
This is Travel Pursuit on 101.9 High FM. I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao. Today, I'm talking to Rabbi Gershom Sizomu of the Abba Udaya community. We're talking everything about them, their history, their way of life. And we've just gotten through their history. Now, sticking to the past, Rabbi, correct me if I'm wrong. Your grandfather was a Jewish leader in your community, but this was at a time where Judaism was frowned upon. I'm pretty sure you were a very young man, but do you do you remember a time where Judaism was forbidden in Uganda? Absolutely. My grandfather, the late Samson Mugombe, and my father, the late Jonah Davukek, were rabbis and leaders of the community. Mm. So I grew up in their hands, and that is they formed the foundation of my rab- being becoming a rabbi. So uh, in 1971. Idi Amin took power by force, mm, mm. by a coup d'etat. And uh, immediately after he, he assumed the political power in Uganda, he forbade Judaism. And all religions that practiced some kind of related Judaism, uh, related form of Judaism, like the Seventh-day Adventists, were also forbidden because they prayed on Saturday. So whoever went to synagogue or church on Saturday, was considered Jewish. So they, 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 they were falsely accused and they became victims of Idi Amin. Mm. So I grew up as a, a younger child during Idi Amin's time. And I particularly remember 1976, I was in the first grade. And I remember that uh, there was a, 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 a battle at Entebbe Airport Mm. between Israeli army and the Ugandan army and Palestinian terrorists. Apparently, the Palestinians had hijacked a plane full of Jewish people and landed it at Entebbe Airport mm. at the acceptance of Idi Amin. And so Israeli soldiers uh, came unnoticed and they, they stormed the airport and there was a, a battle for about 90 minutes and the, the hostages were successfully rescued a few were killed mm. but that was uh, very very i remember that as very very wonderful because over radios people were talking about how they, they, they were how fearful they were of israel and how god really works miracles and wonders for israel in history and also in the present like it was so that was uh, some kind of encouragement and it gave me a realization that I belong to the people of God. Mm. If, if, if an army can come all the way from Israel to, to Uganda <laughs> and the rest too, I think that was a big miracle. So I remember that. I also remember that in the same year, one of our leaders was killed. Enoch, who was one of the community leaders, was killed by Amin operatives. They came at night. He was stubborn. He... Uh, we were forbidden to wear a kippot or even mention that we are Jews, mm. but he, he kept, uh, he was stubborn. And you know, they told me that he used to go drinking. So when he got drunk, he became even stubborn, yeah. even more stubborn, insisting that he was Jewish, insisting that God will come to save his people, a very proud Jew. And he, they uh, came at night. He was, and he was doing this proudly in public. In public, of course, you know, when you get drunk, you, you have no limit. So <laughs> at night, some operatives came with the machetes. They cut his body into pieces. 
and we were not allowed to bury him because Amin had forbidden all kinds of Jewish religious practice, including prayers, including circumcision, no festivals, no nothing. We were just un underground. So I remember that was a sad moment. I remember there are some people who died during Amin's regime, and my grandfather and the father were not allowed to do a funeral service. They were only lifted and taken to the grave without any service at all. It was just sad. But Idi Amin was overthrown on Passover. I hope you remember that. He was overthrown in 1979 by a combined force of Ugandan army or Ugandan rebels mm. and the uh, Tanzanian army. So it was 11th of April, which was uh, Passover. And uh, mm -hmm. after the fall of Idi Amin, the new government immediately announced freedoms, including freedom of worship. And I remember that our first, my first time in the synagogue was after Idi Amin was overthrown. Mm. And uh, it was Passover. So uh, your whole life, you had never seen the inside of a synagogue. I'd never been. You had never been. Exactly. Wow. And that, that day we swept. There was a lot of dust in the synagogue. We swept it. We cleaned. And then we organized a, a seder, which is our Passover uh, celebration. Mm. We drank more than the prescribed four cups of wine <laughs> because we, we were so happy. We want, mm -hmm. uh, there was extra freedom, extra cup for the defeat of Idi Amin. Ah, Some yes, people drank endlessly. And by the end of that night, everybody was extremely happy. <laughs> wow. That's what I remember most about Idi Amin. And that must have been tough. And I can't even begin to imagine how tough it must have been living under the reign of somebody who was literally called the butcher of uganda exactly and, and now everything that you do as jewish people had to be done in secret you had to perform your ceremonies and circumcisions and everything in caves and in secret yes so, yes uh-huh 101.9 high fm this is trouble pursuit and now i'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao. today i'm in conversation with rabbi gershom sizomu of the abayudaya community in uganda and let me just say we are having fun so, Rabbi, every community in the world has its fair share, has its fair share of challenges. What are some of the challenges that the Abayudai face today? Presently, uh, we have economic challenges, and these are uh, they cut across across everybody, every tribe, every religion. It is an economic uh, crisis. Mm. So that, those are the challenges we get. Uh, most of the community members are subsistence farmers, and they depend on rain. So when there is no rain, there is suffering, there is hunger, famine, all those things happen. Unlike our other friends who are educated, you know, when you're educated, you have a job mm. and uh, you don't depend on agriculture or on rain. So that is our main challenge, economic challenge. But uh, in terms of coexistence with the other members, other communities, we have successfully created an inclusive community mm. our jewish community sometimes gets help from our brothers and sisters outside of uganda in the u.s in the israel when they send us some little help we share it with our christian and muslim neighbors and as a result we have our image has improved 
in the eyes of of the of of, of our neighbors and we have taught them mm. that uh, we are all human beings despite the difference in in a religion we all suffer the same we suffer malaria we suffer we suffer from typhoid we suffer from economic problems from famine as ugandans and as human beings mm. so our sharing has improved our image and that is the reason i was actually elected to go to parliament because i promoted peace i promoted coexistence i promoted the brotherhood and sisterhood mm. so people saw that uh, i i had a good mission to push to push forward and that's why i was elected to parliament my ambition to go to parliament was also influenced by idi amin having lived during idi amin's time lived through the difficulties of of not having a political power i also thought that hey, if if ugandans can use political power to mistreat others i can use political power to put forward my the mission of peace mm. i can use political power for purposes of improving life instead of making life miserable make love not war I actually wanted to touch on that and how you being a member of parliament has actually helped the Abayudai community, but not only that, how it's going to help and how it has helped the whole country. But before we do that, we are unfortunately going to have to take a break, just a couple minutes, get our thoughts together, process what the rabbi said, and get ready for a lot more. This is 101.9 High FM. You're listening to Tribal Pursuit. I'm your dear friend, Mukundi Mudao, and I'm talking to Rabbi Gershom Suzomo of the Abba Yudaya today, straight from Uganda. He's a friend of the show. Do not go anywhere. We'll be right back straight after this. This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao, venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful Beautiful people that identify as Jewish. 101.9 High FM, this is Tribal Pursuit, and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao. If you have just joined me, top of the morning, where have you been? I'm not alone today. I'm with Rabbi Gershom Suzomu, friend of the show. He's straight from Uganda, and he's the rabbi of the Abayudaya community in Uganda, and he is just telling me everything I want to know about them. I swear, this man has the answer to every question that I'm asking. If you have a question for him as well, you can quickly send it through. 34519 is our SMS line. 0618951019 is our Telegram line. If you want to email me your question, you can do so on air at highfm.com. If you have Twitter fingers and you want to ask him there you can just simply at high fm and we'll get to it now rabbi you said that political power has the potential to do a lot of damage but at the same time it can do a lot of good and that is exactly why you got into politics i'm guessing you did this to better your community and also your country as a whole it also makes it easier to interact with other jewish communities how has that been? How has the interaction been with the Jewish communities around Uganda and outside of Uganda? Actually, we uh, organizations in America and, and Israel help raise funds uh, so that we can run our community. Mm. And so uh, when I go to, to speak and people say they want to give uh, some help, uh, they do it through those organizations. Behola Shon is one of those organizations that uh, help uh, raise funds, and also Masolti Olami in Israel, they help with the, the raising of funds for the community. But uh, I have also been to other places in Africa. I've been to Johannesburg, 
there is a group of Africans in, in, in South Africa and Zimbabwe who claim and actually whose DNA agrees with the fact that they are part of the lost tribes of Israel. They are the priests, the Kohanim. So the Remba people in Porokwane, in parts of Johannesburg, in Zimbabwe, they believe they, themselves to be part of the, 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 the lost Jewish community, uh, tribes. So I've been there. I've been to Johannesburg. I have gone to Nigeria, the Igbo people. They also believe that they are part of the lost tribes of Israel. So we went there and the formerly converted about 97 members of that community in, in, in Abuja to Judaism. They, they have a synagogue, they have books, Hebrew books, they speak Hebrew, they, they act, actually they conduct themselves as Jewish people. Mm, much like the Abayudaya do. Yes, much like the Abayudaya. Oh, I see. And uh, speaking yeah. of the state, I know that you spent some time there. You actually went to the Jewish University of America to actually study the Torah and the Bible and Hebrew and all that. What made you take that decision as opposed to staying in Uganda, much like your father and your grandfather before you, and keeping the Abaridaya customs going? Why did you feel the need to go learn in America first? Actually, the, the purpose was not for us to remain as an isolated Ugandan Jewish community. We wanted to be connected to other Jewish communities around the world so that we can be on the same page, with, so that our practices are aligned with other practices, so that other Jews can feel comfortable being with us, or we can feel comfortable being with them else. So, you know, Judaism is a, a, a religion of learning. Mm, mm. We use the brain very much, so that there is a lot that needs. It is a, an education itself. Being a Jew is going through an education process, a learning process that never ends. Mm. So I, I thought that uh, I would pioneer that. And uh, there are others, there are others who are interested and uh, there is uh, others have already started on going to rabbinic school so that I'm not the only one. Mm. So sooner than later, we will have more rabbis in Uganda to continue the learning process, which is uh, Judaism. And now, thanks to your travels and studies, you familiarized yourself and exposed yourself to more about Ju Judaism than you knew. And that's there's still a bit of a difference, considering the fact that the Abayudaya is a relatively small community with just 2,000 people. How do you differ from a rabbi in Israel who has to interact with millions of people as opposed to just the 2,000? Yeah, actually, as a, a leader of a small community, uh, you know, I, I suffer mm. from the fact that uh, most of my people are poor, so they look forward to, to me as their leader for help. Mm -hmm. People who are sick, you know, I have, I have a clinic in, in Imbale where I treat members of the community who get sick. And uh, sometimes when there is no food, I have to appeal for food from our friends abroad. Or if there is any crisis, I appeal so that uh, our people can survive. 
And, uh, you know, I don't get a salary because you can't get a salary from subsistence farmers unless you, they will pay you in terms of chickens and eggs <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or food. Or, uh, but so, and, and they are actually uh, subsistence farmers are, are the poor of the poorest. So my interaction is uh, in terms of providing them with knowledge of Torah, mm. of Judaism, but also providing them with the food. So I am a provider spiritually and also physically. Because mm, there's more to being a leader than just that one aspect of telling people what to do and guiding them. Exactly. I understand. I understand. Exactly. Mm. This is Tribal Pursuit on 101.9 High FM. I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao, and I'm talking to Rabbi Gershom Sizomu of the Abayudaya community in Uganda. So, Rabbi, if there was anybody listening and they would like to help you and your community, how would they do that? Yeah, I actually, I would do the, the first step would be to have a, in, a, a communication, and then we can, I can't say everything on, on, on radio now. But if they can email me, my email is, uh, you know, you have my email, you can put it, it's rabbigershom at gmail.com, R-A-B-B-I-G-E-R-S-H-O-M at gmail.com. An email would serve better. Email me, and then we can start from there to talk and discuss about how someone can be helpful. Ah, yes, such a considerate man. Even spelled it out for you in case you were wondering. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yes, please. Are you still performing conversions till this day? Are there Ugandan citizens that approach you wanting to convert to Judaism? Yes, I have many students who are learning and uh, who are in the process. As soon as they are ready, I will invite rabbis from abroad, from Israel, Israel, United States, mm. to come and we supervise the conversion. Because to, you, you, one person is not allowed to convert, oh, yes, yes. according to the law. Wow. And that, my friend, is what you needed to know about the Abba Yudaya community with Rabbi Gershom Sizomu. Rabbi, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to us today. You're welcome. This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao, venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. Okay, 101.9 High FM, this is Tribal Pursuit, and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao. The time is 10.54, which unfortunately means we're out of time. But I do hope you enjoyed my conversation with Rabbi Gershom Sizomo of the Abba Yudaya. He told me quite a bit, quite a bit that I learned. And I hope you learned too about their history, their way of life, from Semeka Kunguru to Rabbi Gershom Sizomo to Idi Amin even. I hope you picked everything up. And if you had any questions and you couldn't do it, well, do not fear. Because I'll be back with you next week. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that lovely? Just a week, just one really long week, you won't be able to hear me on your airwaves and you will have fun. But I do not leave you alone. As per usual, you know I am old. I, I told you, I promised you that I will sign off with a song from the Abba Yudaya community because they are big on their music. Oh, before I leave, 
I, I, I won't forgive myself if I don't do this. Gail says, thank you for a fabulous and interesting program, Okundi. Keep warm and safe. You too, Gail. Keep warm and safe. And you as well at home. Keep warm and safe. It is very cold. Unless you're in the other hemisphere of the world, then I don't know. Stay cool. <laughs> I leave you with the Abba Yudaya congregation. Ali Omuyeka. And as always, until next time, enjoy your week. <laughs>